0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season, and this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. The New York Knicks are one of the biggest underdog surprises of the season, so you could probably make some money off the backs of players like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. And we are back with season two, episode thirty-eight. And I'm still jacked up because the Rangers swept the New Jersey Devils four in a row, eight points in the standings. I feel like we've gained zero ground, but I'm still jacked up. The Pittsburgh Penguins lost, Andy. I have to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. We
0: asked you asked me for our my prediction, and I said they have they have to win four. And you asked me before that. Uh, I think, believe the Islander series. So I I said they have to at least get (laughs) at, you know, I wanted one victory versus the Islanders, but they ended up getting three out of four possible points. And then I said, they have to sweep the devils, even if you bring them to OT Uh, and they won all, it wasn't always pretty. And I had a few moments I was pulling my hair out, but there was also moments where I was smiling the whole time. And you, again, it's might in the moment you might, there's a lot to pick apart, but at the same time, at the end of the day, the, the task was laid out for them. And it's, it's hard to beat any team in the, the league four times in a row. You know, even look at how Buffalo was giving some of the teams in this division a handful since they started, uh, they changed their coach and they played a more aggressive style. And the Rangers did it. It was the odds, and the odds honestly weren't in their favor. I mean, yes, they're a better team, but at the same time, just like I said, beating a, any team in this league four times in a row was tough, whether it's inconsistent goaltending just fluky bounces uh, a myriad of things can happen you could just just not have it and there was moments they definitely didn't have it but nope they pulled it off and credit to credit to them
1: yeah and you look at you know look at all four games as kind of like a little package here and you know the Rangers really took care of business the first two games and then uh, you know over the weekend the the Saturday Sunday games Rangers kind of let the Devils stick around, hang around, and you knew the Devils were gonna play, you know, that gritty, high-paced, high-tempo game to try to, you know, you know, all-out blitz the Rangers. I felt like they had, you know, a lot of the control most of the time. I mean, how many times did the Devils just? You feel like in the beginning of the game, just controlled the play and had flurries in front of the net and were getting good scoring chances and. You know, with a little puck luck, the Rangers were able to, you know, get the puck out and, and turn and go and, and be able to capitalize on the the few chances that they were given, um, which, you know, eventually le- leads to taking the wind out of the sails of the New Jersey Devils. And and luckily, they were able to hold on or not really hold on, give up leads and then kind of just be able to finish a job towards the end, which is, you know, again, like today, you mentioned it via text. They were a little tired. You could see, um, you know, and then I, I told you, you know, that that's the benefit of being able to roll four lines, but I think there needs to be a little bit a better job of uh bench management. You know, when you're giving up three goals in a row and, and you know, to, to the New Jersey devils, I, I, I really doesn't really matter which, which team, but especially a New Jersey devil team, which is a little depleted. I know they got Nico back, which is big for them. Um, but you cannot be given up three goals in a row in the second half of the game uh, when points are so valuable. So um, again, I question a little the personnel, but then again, they won four in a row and that's tough to do. You can't you you can't expect the New York Rangers to do anything more than what they did. So uh, kudos to them. They finished the job. And I hate I hate to say have this attitude, but and I'd say this once again, but Tuesday against the Islanders is the most important game of the entire season, Um, especially now that Boston has decided just, okay, we're the best team in the league again, so we're just never going to lose, and we haven't gained any ground on Boston. They're still four points ahead of us with two games in hand, and it looks like we, Andy, as a podcast, have to shift focus from the Boston Bruins to a rival, the New York Islanders and Pittsburgh Penguins. I was thinking the exact same thing, because Boston,
0: I think, just for a while, they had a tough stretch there, but they get the boost of adding a Taylor Hall to their lineup, and the they made some a few other small moves that seemed to have paid dividends for them. And yeah, a part of it now just kind of feels like once they felt they that they were kind of out of it, or not out of it, but it, it was almost as if they were knew what they have to do to get into the playoffs and they just weren't pushing it. And then now it's like time to go in, especially to get their acquisitions up to speed. And lo and behold there, they look one of like one of the most dangerous dominant teams. They, you know, they put an absolute shellacking on the Islanders and the Capitals recently, which, uh, yeah, I mean, which are, is no easy feat. Um, and the Islanders have been woefully inconsistent recently. You know, they lose one to us and then they're able to, they, take a point from us in OT uh but then since then yeah their record has been really and they haven't gotten much out of Palmieri and Zay Jack. so yeah to your point you're right even though it's it Boston's right ahead of us they do have games in hand I think it's to your point it's probably more it would be more realistic to kind of look at the Islanders or the Penguins and one of those teams falling off I mean it's unfortunate you can say with uh I saw that um on on uh, NBC they put up a graphic saying that you know in the last month or so the I think believe uh, Panarin, Zabanajad, Fox, uh McKinnon, Rantanen and uh Sam Girard I think they have the most points in the league uh in that span you know so the Rangers and the Abs and listen the Abs are a Stanley Cup favorite right now and they're just absolutely tuning teams up in their division um but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the Rangers definitely have. They're getting hot at the right time, but it's it's again. This, I feel I'm scared that the 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 tail of the season will be like you know too too little too late, right? Just that they unfortunately, if they were just if Sabanjit had found his, refound his form because he has been an absolute revelation. It, it's unbelievable. After everything that went on, and we were saying it's just like it just kind of changes how you feel about him. But then he's like, all right, I'm over it now, and I'm going to go back to even though I I literally you know panarin misses time with everything that was going on with him with the allegations and all that and then zabanejad you don't know if it's covid or if he's getting over he's just in a funk and lo and behold panarin is despite playing you know a quarter less games than everyone else is is i think now he's like 10th or 7th in league scoring again almost on a pace that would have outpaced his output last year and zabanejad is on 100.40 goal Pace if he had just stayed in his current form for since he, you know, finally turned the corner. So, but like I said, too little, it might be too little too late, but they can't really concern themselves with that now. And I have to give them all the credit in the world. They just, they haven't, you know, and I, we talked about, you know, you said how it wasn't always pretty, but they closed out games they needed to close out. They were having trouble doing that at the beginning of the year. So you can clearly see uh, the progress. But that being said, uh, they played the Devils four times and their next opponents will not be the New Jersey Devils, so they can't think the games will be the same, and they, can't, they, can't get, they won't have nearly as much leeway as they had in these last four games, especially with the mental errors.
1: No, and you, know, you look at the games coming up. You have the Islanders and then Flyers-Flyers on a back-to-back Thursday-Friday game. Uh, it's going to be tough. You, know, you saw the Ranger, you know, Rangers game kind of deplete there the second half of this game. And, you know, let the devils crawl back in it, you know, say what you want about the flyers and and the direction in which they're trending. But I don't think they're a team that that counts themselves out. And they're certainly, you know, going to fight and scrap their way, thinking that they're still in this playoff race, just like the Rangers are. And they're desperate for points. So, um, you know, you have an Islander team that's fighting for position. Uh, They kind of got called out by, you know, Barry Trotz, their coach. Uh, basically saying that, you know, their their games against Boston were just unacceptable. I mean, the effort wasn't there. Um, It's not New York Islander hockey. Uh, They gave up way too many shots in those games. And, you know, everything that, you know, that you know about the Islander brand of hockey wasn't shown against the Boston Bruins. And it's a little concerning because then Boston goes to Washington and just absolutely, you know, manhandles uh, the Capitals who, who have been, you know, very, very good. So, you know, it almost you kind of worry, you know, two losses coming off of uh for the Islanders against a, a Red Hot Boston team. Now, they're desperate for points and positioning for the playoffs. And, you know, I know the Rangers are desperate too, but, you know, the Islanders, you know, they they know a structure of a they know that their structure can suffocate anybody in the league and a younger team that, you know, the Rangers seem to be relying on the younger guys. I'm very curious to see how our young guns uh react to a, an Islander team that's going to be seeking a little bit of revenge for themselves uh after being called out by their coach and and having two tough losses against the Boston Bruins very well said and I think that's the thing
0: you know we the Rangers need to be able to get consistent output from all four of their lines obviously the addition of Vitaly Kraftsoff has greatly helped that uh he scores his well, he scores his second first NHL goal against uh, the Devils as of this recording on Sunday after his first one gets taken away on an offside challenge. So, and yeah, I mean, he's definitely, when every time he's on the ice, uh, he's dangerous and he can help kind of focus his line mates. You know, Howden, credit to Howden for a, a nice pass and a good effort, but uh, yeah, without and I think that's the conundrum is that he's clearly too good to be on the fourth line, but at the same time that fourth line is only really effective and good when he's out there. So you do see from time to time, Quinn puts him there and then he gives him, you know, every, every three shifts, he'll like move him up. And, you know, with the, the kid line, maybe if, especially if it's coming off of a power play where Kako plays on that second power play unit and La- Lafreniere and Kraft's don't play in any. So then he'll put him there. And uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it like you said, it's just the Islanders are a totally different animal than the the dev, this Devils team. Rangers have played four times, and those uh, some of the things they were getting away with, they're definitely not going to be able to because they'll definitely they they'll feast on your mistakes. Whereas this Devils team, they just played. You give them all the credit for the effort and the skating and the hustle and the heart and the fire, but uh, at the same time, they just can't finish. And you know, poor Jack Hughes, he was very he was their most dangerous player throughout all four games and just it just you know he gets two assists in that last greek game which is great but just he has no he doesn't have any help unfortunately so well i mean i, I guess i at the end i don't really I don't care but <laughs> but yeah i mean the <laughs> yeah but yeah i the, with the rangers they definitely need to tighten up their personnel um it'll be interesting to see what happens with that if that third pairing because it's been the Rangers have been the most exposed with Hayek and Smith out there. Hayek sits in favor of, um, Anthony potato who hasn't played in a while. And it kind of showed it was, he was alright early on. He was steady, but then it looked like, you know, he had some lapses and Smith is Smith. He'll have his good games where he's, he's a little bit more aggressive. And then he has his games where he's running out of position. You're like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, you know, and Keandre, especially right now, he's, he's been up and down too. He's been good and bad. And, uh, I think we saw, Throughout these, these last few games, we've, I thought he was great the first two games against the Devils, and then these last two, I thought he's having a real rough stretch. He's just you know forcing plays, but that's rookie stuff. So I do wonder if we eventually do see a Zach Jones, when he can work himself into the lineup, because I do think the Rangers need to be able to break the puck out when they uh, from their own end with, when they're, either their fourth line is paired up with their bottom pairing out there. Because, yeah, I understand they don't want to run Lindegren and Fox into the ground. Uh, but at the same time, it's they yeah, might some, have to on Tuesday. They unfortunately, supposed, though. they might have to. Exactly, especially if you're you're in the playoff race. And uh, but again, it's Quinn has the unenviable position of trying to make the playoffs to help his job security, but also to develop the kids. So, and those two things can be at odds. And he's kind of tried to do it both ways. And it's it's yeah, it's had it's good. It's good. Uh, he's had some good results and some poor results and just some mixed results. But yeah, it will be f- interesting to see if they make any personnel changes. You know, especially with Chris Kreider. Although I thought credit—I guess credit to him—he was their most notable forward today, or at least one of them, with the effort. But it's a shame. It really just takes—it takes so long for him to get that kick in the ass. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's another yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, and you know, you look at the Rangers' personnel right now. Um, they're such a dangerous team when uh, things are clicking with the top guys. And I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off the young kids, but then all of a sudden with, with, with the way Quinn handles this team sometimes, I really do it kind of frustrates me because, listen, I, I know you said that you know he is coaching for the playoffs, right? We both you know agree that you know he's trying to make it. I don't And you know, and you expect that from you know, your head coach, obviously. But you know, there are certain things that Quinn does that makes me like roll my eyes. And a lot of it has to do with, like, what we saw in the last couple games. The Rangers had these big leads, right? And you're playing your top guys all these minutes. And, you know, there's got to be some sort of balance there. We all understand that. But you have special teams. You're up 4 nothing, And then today you're up 3 nothing, And he throws the number one unit out there. Now, for once, one time, can we please just see the young kid group, core group, just like take uh like take the first crack out of a, a power play like Andy am I crazy or like wouldn't you throw the kids out there like the power play two, just to start it and like give them the opportunity with zero pressure to score a goal yeah I think and I think he
0: he did that once in uh maybe it was the the first blowout game or they were just literally shell shocked him and the devils were couldn't didn't have an answer we're just skating around but it was like I said it was that second unit uh which Strom is on so it's not like he even had all the kids on especially sure. considering that they had been our most dangerous line for that game uh and yeah especially with Kravtsov humming the way he's been humming literally since he came to this team he hasn't seen has he seen any power play ice time I don't he think hasn't so, no. you haven't even tried him on that on the right on that right wall you know, he has an absolute beauty of a release on, the, on his first so goal from smooth. Howden. So, so quick, smooth. Yep. smooth, in one motion, kind of just pivot, you know, spins around, pivots and releases. And you're telling me you don't want that type of his, his vision and playmaking from the right wall on Power Play 2? It's just, it's stupid. And listen, in fairness, yeah, Power Play 1 has been real is humming lately. But again, it's the Devils. It's a little bit different. It'll be interesting to see when they go up against not the worst power uh, penalty kill in the league uh credit to them for shooting it more though it was clearly has but that's been the recipe for success for them recently they've been just shooting it and having isabanajad in that bumper spot when he's actually feeling it it just adds because you have to respect his ability to unload from that spot it's been good you know so um but again you're the Boston Bruins i think that's still the number 1 penalty killing team in the league and eventually when you face them or if, let's say you did get in the playoffs and you had to play a team like that uh yeah, it's they're going to be extremely aggressive, and you are not going to. You're going to need both your power play units because it's going. to, They're going to make you work for it, and you're going to have to kind of change things up a bit. So, but yeah, to your point, I you know there so many moments throughout these last four games where it's like they have a ha- handy lead. You would think he would maybe give the kids a little bit more ice time, uh, but again, he didn't. But at the same time, we did see the Devils start to call back. So I don't know if it was fear from that, but uh yeah i would have liked to see them him try to work them into a little bit more situations what's up y'all and greetings from the hockey city of smashville home of the Nashville predators and home to a new p- hockey podcast the catfish and ice podcast and part of the hockey podcast network Join hosts Chad Benton, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen every week as we bring to you hard-hitting and unfiltered Nashville Predators hockey analysis while also diving into the entertainment and music world here in Music City. We have a lot of fun doing it. Now is the time to join us for the ride, hockey fans. New episodes of the Catfish and Ice podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Download the Catfish and Ice podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcast.
1: I don't want to say that the Rangers should, you know, relax a little bit with the three goal leads. And obviously, they sh- shouldn't because they just allow teams to jump right back in it. But, you know, there comes a time where, you know, th- I think you want to get reps in as that second unit just so when you do have to face off against, you know, a Boston Bruins, a Washington Capitals, a- even the Philadelphia Flyers and Islanders. Like when you play these games to finish out the season, there are going to be times where Zabenajad is at the end of a, You know, a minute 15 shift uh, got out there too long and drew a penalty, which is great. And then, you know, you want your guys, you know, being used to having the full two minutes, you know, just not feeling pressure where they have 25, 35 seconds to kind of hurry up, get set, get one opportunity. And if it's clear, then you're done and you get off the ice. So, you know, the lines aren't all jumbled up. So, you know, I do want to see the kids get more opportunities at, uh, you know, first crack at the power play. Especially when you have a lead, but you know, I, I don't know if we're going to really be uh, in those positions from here on out. You know, given our schedule, I, like I said, we play the Islanders on Tuesday, we have the Flyers Thursday, Friday, and then it's right back at it with the Islanders again. So, um, or there might be another game in between there. Uh, oh, Buffalo! Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Uh, we play Buffalo twice in there. So you know, again, you know, I get kudos to the Rangers. You know, they did the job, but there are still things to clean up and. I guess that's just, uh, you know, from a a coach who's still developing, I guess, if you want to say that, and uh, from a team who, you know, you know, talking about their lines and and just seeing how young they are and, you know, they can put a full line out there that's not even old enough to to go to a bar and or go to the the fiddler and and have a beer. So uh, Hmm. it's, you know, it's exciting to see. It's a little frustrating to see. And, you know, and uh, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about goaltending because, Andy, I'm going to be honest with you. Georgie, I just don't trust down the line. And I know he's going to have to play games. And, And uh, you know, he scared me a little bit with an injury there because I also don't trust Kincaid at all. Uh, you know, what do you think Quinn's going to do about goaltending? How is he going to handle it? I mean, it, you know, shesty has got to get most starts here.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that's still the plan. I think the only reason we saw Georgiev today, all back-to-back. you know, I mean, it's a back-to-back You've played the same. You've run the same goaltender for three, the same opponent three times in a row. This is the game you're, you are supposed to rest a guy like you because yeah. you don't. Again, if you're going for a playoff spot, it's it's the New Jersey Devils. You've been absolutely beating the the break. You know the wheels off them. This is the game you obviously had to start him, but I you figured he was going to get in sooner or later. But again, and I mean, listen, Shostak can also for better or worse. And it's not it wasn't all his fault, just like I don't think it was all Georgiev's fault. Um, coughed up, in a, you know, th- what, how many goal tying go three, three goals against the Devils late in the last game. Um, so it can happen to him, too. But I think you look at some of the with Georgiev, you could just tell with the body language. He mm-hmm. gets beat on one he has to have. It's just, uh, you know, the the D man kind of gets beat, but he's still wide. and He still has the inside position uh what's a a student each has and then i forget who it was it just had whoever it was either miller or smith and you have to save that one it's just he does that thing where he's not even looking he just releases it far post you have to either your angle has to be better you have to cut that down that's a that's one hank would was giving up the last few years that you were just like come on like you have to have the it's a, obviously a great well-placed shot by him in stride but that's one where you just have to be aggressive and trust your angles and he just doesn't and you could just see it on his face. And who knows maybe he you know he left for a little he was great in the beginning of the game but then he you think he's hurt we don't know what was going on maybe it was cramping because he does come back and well, then he looks fine but then just there's you got breakdowns in front of him and it's just yeah it it just it doesn't seem to go so well for him after that but um yeah I don't know uh, it's as to your original question I think I think they're gonna. They know that Chesty is the is how they're getting in, and that Georgiev is only to in dire circumstances to give him some rest. Because yeah, I I do feel like his stock has fallen a little bit this year, especially with his inconsistency.
1: Yeah, and it's been you know it's been tough, and and I'm not I'm not saying that you know Georgie is you know an awful goaltender. I think he's a be a very serviceable backup goaltender. But with the season yeah. kind of on the line, every game here, I I'm very cautious with his starts because he is very, um, you know, up and down. You know, it, it's it's almost like a bipolar you know uh, start. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, with with the way the Rangers' schedule is for the rest of the month, if you had to kind of predict, uh, you know, you have the Islanders on Tuesday and then you have the Islanders the following week, I would probably assume that maybe Georgie gets that second Islander game um and gets one of the Flyers games and then uh probably the second Flyers game and then the Islanders game uh the following week with and then chesty getting you know Islander game on Tuesday, Flyer game Thursday, Buffalo game Sunday and uh Tuesday. Um and then obviously the Thursday Islander game that would probably end up being Georgie again. Um Do you think that, you know, given Georgie's success against the Islanders, is there a chance we see him on Tuesday or that's definitely Chesty's net?
0: Ah, man, I think it really depends on how. I guess it depends. I mean. Because then you can, I don't know. I want want to look. I'm looking. I'm pulling up. What's up? Would you ever play the same? I would. yeah, I definitely would. Just, but it, I think it depends on the stretch of games they've had going into that, how much time they've had to rest. You know, uh, I'm pulling up the Ranger schedule now just because I really want to see it. It makes it easier for me to look at it. Um, yeah, it looks like well, they have a back. So with those back-to-back versus the Flyer, you know, I assume, I do assume that Georgiev play i excuse me shisterkin probably plays uh, the first island you know he probably plays both the, uh the islanders on Tuesday and the flyers on Thursday. I could see Georgiev playing uh that Friday versus the flyers um and you know both are i think both those games are at home for the rangers so that uh, in theory should help but um especially where how inconsistent the flyers have been and how porous defensively so and listen, the Sabres have been good. I feel like I'm a, I'm more well, afraid of the Sabres than I am of the Flyers at this point. Well, I mean, you if you, so
1: if you look at you know the standings, the last ten, the you know the Buffalo Sabres are above 500, and they just had a big win against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins today, which you know we're very thankful for. But also, yeah. I am scared. I, I am with you, man. And, and it's like one of those things where, um, you know, we had so much success against the New Jersey Devils, right? And we're supposed to beat them, and we handled them. But things got a little shaky towards the end. Buffalo, you know, they're feeling themselves right now and, and they're not quitting. Uh, they're uh, trending in a different direction they're, than they were in the beginning yeah. of the season. And uh, yeah, very dangerous team to be playing. I
0: th- yeah. And there it's there's mathematically impossible for them to make the playoffs. I believe I saw that that yeah, they're they just officially out of the run. running, not that they were going to make it, but uh, I just think just knowing that it's official, it kind of takes the it, yeah, it's kind of freeing in a way. It's literally because it's like I, they basically say we shipped out uh, Hall and, you know, yes, this was disappointing, but we shipped, you know, Eichel is f- officially on IR. He's not coming back this season. Uh, we shipped Hall out. We shipped Stall out. And you guys are what's left. So, yeah. And I think it's like you said, it's freeing. It's like everyone's just been shitting on you for <laughs> for months. And now you can finally just be like, all right, you know, we'll screw you. Like, we'll show you. And they finally get a little bit of confidence and they're, yeah, and they're showing it. So they're definitely more dangerous because they just have not, they literally have nothing to lose. They get to play the spoiler. And uh, I think it was, um, I forget who it was. I think it was Micheletti the other night made the good point is that the Rangers were in that position a few seasons ago um, where they, they were out of it, but they were playing, or no, excuse me, it was David Quinn I was listening to. Uh, it was probably Han and Humpty on my drive into work. And he was, you know, he was talking to Rick and, uh, and Alan and yeah, he said that Quinn said we were out of it, but we were making life miserable for those teams down the stretch trying to get in. And you remember that the Columbus blue jackets got in just by beating the Rangers on <laughs> that last game of the season where Panarin scored two goals and scored. And I think it was in the third period or overtime. I forget what it was. Uh, so yeah,
1: funny, funny how that goes, right? Yeah. And, and you actually, you know, it's actually fun kind of watching the Buffalo Sabres because you get kids like, you know, Casey Middlestat and, and Sam Reinhardt, like it, they're kind of, and uh, what's the kid? Um, Dylan Cousins? Cousins, yes. And, yeah. you know, you watch their game and they're they're playing with zero pressure. They don't have that, uh, I shouldn't say like lore, but they don't have that like, uh, you know, that Jack Eichel presence kind of looming over them where they're like, they see themselves as like second tier to him. You know they're kind of yeah. like all right this is our team now and let's just make the best of it and you know we have nothing to lose here and you just see especially Middlestat who you know is one of those kids where uh I think a lot of people expected a little bit more from him and maybe this is the opportunity that you see his you know kind of breakout in the NHL and where he becomes you know a, a pretty serviceable NHL player.
0: Yeah and even Darlene, who has had a real rough season, has looked so much better. And yeah, obviously I think a lot of that is having better coaching and they're playing a more up-tempo style, which frees them up. I think that's the way they're used to playing instead of playing that style like we all have to be committed defensively. Uh, yeah, it kind of it shuts you down a little bit and second-guess yourself, especially if you're these young kids who have always prided themselves on their offense and their ability to create, and that's what you're used to. You know, like a Casey stat. Uh, he in terms of roster construction you don't want him for his strengths and weaknesses is like playing you know being in the right spots and playing stout defense isn't one of them but he can be very good in transition because he's got good vision he's got good passing he's got great puck skills and yeah i think it's uh um granado is really yeah he's figured out a style that's more conducive to success with his group and it helps them. everyone like you said everyone's eased up more they don't have that the presence of like we have to you know, follow the leader and be good foot soldiers and figure this out. They just, they get to just play and that's great. And hence that makes them dangerous. So as far as that relates to the Rangers, yeah. I mean, on paper, it looks like their schedule is definitely not as hard as maybe like I look at the Islanders' schedule coming up and it looks much harder, but at the same time uh, like every yeah, game you can't underestimate anyone in this division. You, you literally cannot underestimate a single team in this division because the parity in the league is, is so great that any team can just yeah <laughs> the you know Tampa Bay Lightning can get beat by any team in the league on any given night as can you know the, yeah the like uh, the Ottawa's and the Detroit's of the world can beat you know some of the best teams in the league but um which I think again makes what the Rangers just pulled off all that more impressive to me because again it wasn't always pretty but they they had they the the task was laid out and they did it and uh they're I couldn't say their leaders were invisible because a lot of it was Panarin. He was absolute revelation. A lot of it was, uh, He's been cooking recently. The kids chipped in goals here and there when they had to, our defensemen chipped in goals at times. Uh, Igor was very good. You know, maybe that last game, he struggled a little bit, but that's not all on him. He gets two shut up back to back shutouts. His first two in the league. And then, uh, yeah, it's just they got contributions throughout their lineup, which is what they were gonna need. And it's just like I said, it's frustrating because if they you and obviously it's it's impossible. You can't just they would never have started off in this position at the beginning of the year just trying to get all those young players up to speed in their lineup and hell even get their old older players on board with like this is how we're gonna defend the season. It's just yeah, it's unfortunate because who knows, maybe if they had a preseason, this might uh they might be in a playoff spot right now. But you can't again, they can't play shoulda, coulda woulda. Yeah, uh, if wishes were fishes and all that uh, every- so they just have to look forward
1: yeah no everyone was dealt the same you know hand so they you know they you know they're victims of their own you know uh own inconsistencies so uh which we kind of thought going into the season i think so this is not should not be a surprise but i think the beginning the way things were just going it just felt like the rangers never gained any momentum anything that you you thought the wheels might be turning and then we we're just stuck in the mud again so you know, now we're in a position where we are fighting for playoff chances and, you know. God, man, if we finish out like three points out, I'm going to be really disappointed because there's so many games in the beginning of the year where you you look at like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the, the losses where we just collapse in the third and give up so many free points. It'll be certainly frustrating. But, you know, maybe it's one of those things where it's a lesson learned. And next year, you kind of realize that, you know, every game matters. So, um, and you know i guess use it as a learning lesson for the young kids uh there is one thing though i I wanted to get in in this podcast andy and um sure i I feel like you almost don't really want to talk about it so i'm gonna bring it up on the podcast almost every week (laughs) uh because you don't want to jinx it but adam fox is seems to be now almost like a clear lock for the norris trophy i mean You look at, you know, the Hedman and Carlson being his two biggest uh, opponents right now heading into a Norris Trophy race. Uh, Adams Fox uh, at a plus 20, uh, probably maybe more than that after today. And he's got, you know, just as many points as both of them, if not the same amount or a little bit more. Uh, Plus 20. He's on the worst team, probably logging in uh, a Decent amount of minutes where you know I don't know if Hedman is is playing all that much and uh, you know e- in either is Carlson just given th- their team's depth. Uh, um, what are your thoughts, Adam Fox, as a Norris Trophy future Norris Trophy winner?
0: Well, he should be, but I still ju- if even listen. We all know plus minus is not essentially the most revealing stat especially compared to around the league with different teams. That being said, even, I think even how much the, the hockey old guard and the, the journalists and the the pundits love plus minus as a stat. It's just when it comes to Adam Fox versus Hedman and John Carlson, they'll just throw it out the window just because, you know, Fox is young and it's not his time in the sun. I'm, as you yeah, teed no, me up because yes, I, I am. I am. I am negative on, cause I think he absolutely should be a lock for it, but I just don't think he is. I've, I've even, you know, it's just, I've heard it before just that as good. It's just, I mean, I, it almost sounds like begrudgingly that they're talking about, wow, it's really surprising that he's even like, you know, and until it happens, I am going to, I refuse. I've told you this. I refuse to I get know. my hopes up because if I do, I'll be, Fucking furious because he clearly deserves the Norris right now. Um, but here's why I want—I will say—even though he's the- putting up points, he looks—he does—it does seem like his game. This last little stretch, he seems to be. And listen, he continues to produce. He had another assist tonight. But this last little stretch, it seems like he's been. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's—it's it's it's been a tougher stretch for him. But at the same time, he's still. Getting, putting up points and having good results and still driving play the way he does. It just hasn't been as prolific as, you know, when he started. So we'll see how he deals with this first little stretch of uh, maybe it's just it's he's fighting it a little bit, it looks like. I also think he might be hurt. I think he might be. He looks something to me seems like he's got a nagging injury. He doesn't seem to have the same amount of he's just not as decisive as he usually is. But it could also be fatigue. You know, he's played a lot recently in a lot of minutes. So we'll see. But he definitely deserves to win it. It's just all it takes is if John Carlson is one point ahead of him, despite being, you know, most of those points being on the power play and uh, the, being assist to Alex Ovechkin, who's the best fucking goal scorer of the, the last, uh, maybe ever you know, deck two decades. It's just, yeah, I just, they'll find a way to, to screw him. It's like, ah, he was good. He might get a third place vote, but he, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm just preemptively trying to protect myself, I think. But, if 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 it holds and at the end of the season he's top two in scoring and he leads an assist and he's his you know his ice time is either beyond those two or right up there uh yeah then maybe I'll start, I can bring myself to believe but I just don't want to get my heart broken you know
1: yeah and the reason I want to talk about it with you is only because I feel like if we don't talk about it right and we you ignore it I ignore it and. I feel like we're doing a disservice to Fox. So I'm going to bring it up every podcast and just have That's a good you, point. you talk about it and kind of be in the moment of watching <laughs> Adam Fox, just have a, a memorable like season. I, I mean, he's still so young. um, wait, He's he's 98. So he's like 23 years old. uh, And it's just like one of those things where as a Ranger fan, you kind of have to shake your head and be like, I can't believe we got this guy. Like, it's unbelievable. Like this never happens to us. So, um, I'm going to keep bringing it up because he does have uh, he's having a Norris caliber season. So uh, kudos to him. And, you know, I'm just pumped uh, to have him. And I, I agree with you. His game has been a little off. I mean, he did today made a nice, really nice diving stick poke check uh, to save a yeah. big scoring chance uh, at, at the end of the game there. So. Um, but yeah, I do feel like he might be fighting it a little bit and, and don't forget, he's logging yeah. in a ton of minutes, uh, a lot of pressure on his shoulders basically to, uh, you know, be a, the top defenseman of a team who's, you know, every game's just an absolute war to try to get two points. So I'm not going to, uh, begrudge him if he has a, a couple down you and he's kind of like Panarin and like when they have like these bad off games where they're not like completely dominant, they still like find ways to rattle off two assists. So. Yeah, uh, Yeah.
0: Panera in another multi-point game tonight. I just didn't even think about that. God, he's just—he's incredible. I mean, it's just every day I'm like, I can't believe the Rangers signed this guy. Uh, His—I think he's right behind McDavid in terms of you know points per game or points per sixty or point percentage um, for the season, despite missing all that time. And he's gonna catch up at some point to the field and even if he only finishes like in the top five you're gonna look at games played and everyone else is gonna be up there and he's gonna have you're gonna see he played like 12 less games and you're gonna be like oh wow you know
1: yeah almost yeah, like got, the a Bennett Panarin Zibana has Zibana 50,
0: 50 points on the season
1: in 33 games like insane it's amazing it, yeah he he really is like he's also like another guy where you're just like I can't believe this guy's on our team. Like this never ever happens. And no, exactly. um, He really is one of the gifted guys in the NHL, and and you just see what he's been able to do to help this. You know, just this help this franchise. You know what I mean? Like there there's been so many times where you know uh, Rangers are just known to have this happen, where they bring in the big all star, sign them to a big contract, and they're just an absolute letdown. Um, You know, I, I would even argue that if you look at the entirety of all of New York sports right now. Is there anyone that's even remotely close to delivering, uh, you know, Panarin? Like, no. I mean, uh, maybe Julius Randall, Randall, maybe. Big, yeah,
0: n- yet another. I mean, I mean, and I, you know, I guess you look at I haven't been keeping two tab- I know the Nets have been st- still their dominant selves, Hardin, haven't Harden. Yeah, keeping I guess on their individual.
1: I still, you know, I, I'm you sorry. know, I should uh, I should have thought I, I, I always I see them as a New Jersey team. So um, that's my <laughs> fault. But yeah, Harden is probably up there. But he was hurt, so or it took a day off or something. He had cramps or something. Um, yeah,
0: how, many, how many points did, did Panarin have last year? He um, played... I'm going to look him up right now. He had like 95 points or something like that. Um,
1: and last, he only played 69 games last year. So last year, he played 69 games. He had 95 points.
0: Yeah, so you can... So yeah, I think he, he, he's pretty much on a very similar, if not slightly better in terms of point percentage uh path right now i think it's like if this was an 82 game season at his current like if rate if it carried it well, would be good enough and this is missing 12 games mind you he would still be good enough for 124 points so well he's got, got just 50 put, points in 33
1: pers- games so if you doubled his games <laughs> played which is 66 he would have 100 so he's beyond what he did last he's, year and he's yeah uh, exactly he's already so, yeah he's on, it's amazing he's on pace for like 120 20 something points
0: yeah, twenty five, twenty four points. Yeah, which is incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, you hope that as he gets older, he can continue. You know, that's the good thing if you're if you're that t- kind of player. Even if as those other kids come to your own and you maybe you lose a, a half a step as you get older, you maybe only only become a hundred point player. Uh, that's fine. You know what I mean? Just that vision. He's just incredible, and uh, I even thought that. You know, prior during, versus the Islanders, I thought he was he had some difficulty. Those games were hard for him. But then he kind of came out like a house of fire, obviously, versus uh, the Devils. So he doesn't have many. I can like I said, I say this all the time. I can count on two hands how many bad games Panarin is or excuse me, one hand, the amount of bad games Panarin has had since he's become a Ranger. And uh, and they're he always not even really that with bad a good performance. <laughs> like they no, and he still can They're some probably assist. equivalent to other players, <laughs> good
1: games, which is the sad thing.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's incredible.
1: All right. So, all right. Yeah, no, he's, he's absolutely incredible. Um, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I wanted to ask you, you know, kind no, of no. A- ending the podcast a little bit. We, I'm going to make you predict sure. this, this upcoming week, you know, Islanders flyers, right. flyers, the three biggest games of the, of the season here are coming up. Like we do say this every week. Uh, You know, where do you see the Rangers and, uh, and be honest uh, here,
0: Oh man. I, I see, I see them crumble. They, they play the Islanders at home. I see them crumbling under the weight, the weight of expectation. I think they're going to lose on Tuesday, but I do. Then I think they're going to win their back-to-back games against
1: the Flyers Thursday, Friday. Okay, four points out of the next possible six is what you're predicting.
0: That's what I. That's what I think. I mean, and that's what they have to do. Uh, You know, I'm having a hard time thinking beyond that, but that's just what I'm going to say. I think they're, you know, they've at this point they've won uh, four in a row. They have points in. Uh, all of their last six games, you know, so they only left one point on on the table in their last six games. So right, uh, which was that overtime loss to the the Islanders. So and again, they've gained. It seems like they've gained almost absolutely no traction. But at the same time, you just got to keep pushing because maybe it's more likely that a you have to stay a- ahead of the Flyers, who still probably want to get in, even though they're horribly inconsistent under Av. Uh, and B, it's probably more likely at this point that. The Islanders are the team that drops out, you know, or Pittsburgh. They're good, but they haven't been that. Con-
1: yeah, no, I couldn't. They could more. run
0: out of runway. So, again, it just looks like the, the the Bruins were kind of a sleeping giant. And now they're like, all right, we're 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 taking it serious now. We're geared up for the playoffs. Let's go. Uh, and they're just dumbing teams. So you just ha- they just have to get points and it's not going to be easy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10,
1: 11 games. They got 11 games left, right? Yep. So, and, you know, they're against uh, teams that you, you'll be, you know, looking to catch. So you, you got to take advantage of, you know, every possible game. And, uh, you know, I think the three games against the Islanders is why my focus is more about the Islanders rather than the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point. Uh, I think Boston's kind of found their groove, and I don't think that, you know, anyone's going to be slowing them down. I could be wrong who knows uh but it should be exciting down the line and you know for me i agree with you andy i think we need at least four out of the next six points uh an overachievement would be obviously six out of six i don't see that happening but if, there, if there's some possible way we can at least just get one point from the islanders sweep the flyers and then head to buffalo and get two more wins uh i think we'll we might be in a lot better shape than what what uh we are currently in right now because given the strength of the islander schedule it's going to be tough for them to get points if they're going to play inconsistent hockey but um, again you know anything's possible in this you know weirder things have happened uh in this league and you know we're just uh you know excited to be a part of it and kind of holding on for dear life here as uh, the season winds down and we're still uh, alive
0: thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast